buzzwords. Every industry has them. They get created by a small group of well-informed people and then proceed to get thrown around by the less informed, often incorrectly. They serve a good purpose, to give us a new way to identify something which previously had no category. But their very existence is a simplification. They start to get used as a way to skim over the complications that come when you zoom into a topic close enough. My name is Franco, and I'm the editor of PropMoto, a publication about innovation in the built world. And this is my podcast series that uncovers the hype and the hope behind some of the buzzwords that are so often used in the prop tech industry. This series was created thanks to the support of our sponsors, Modally, the HVAC technology company. I hope you like it. Artificial intelligence. The term brings to mind futuristic visions, but in fact, it has been around for a long time. The first large-scale use of the word is traced to a conference held at Dartmouth College that was funded by the Rand Corporation. Since then, the definition of AI has changed quite a bit over the years. At one time, a computer playing chess was considered artificial intelligence. Now no one uses the term to describe something so basic. Even the most simple handheld devices can easily accomplish this feat. The reason that the definition of AI is so fluid is because the nature of intelligence itself is still being learned and built upon. AI is an overarching term that is used to describe the way that computers are able to reason. Much of reasoning is logic, understanding the rules that define the way things work. Computers are incredibly good at this. But when it comes to understanding things that don't have clearly defined rules, we start to get into a type of reasoning that is much more closely related to human intelligence, something that computers have yet to be able to do well. But computers are getting better. Machine learning is a subset of AI and has advanced a lot since its inception. First, computer scientists were able to train software using structured, categorized data. This is called supervised learning. Then they were able to design algorithms to learn from unstructured data. This is called unsupervised learning. Unsupervised learning looks a lot like intelligence, but it lacks a sense of awareness that defines true intelligence. Computers can be fooled into learning wrong answers. Without the help of humans, these wrong answers can compound with disastrous effect. In science fiction, artificial intelligence is often portrayed as an autonomous sentient being. So far, though, artificial intelligence has to be supported by humans who are constantly helping to keep the machines building on their knowledge rather than just blindly following it. In buildings, AI has already been used to identify improvements that humans would never have been able to figure out themselves. But the advice that AI has been able to give has almost always been implemented in collaboration with humans, not by the computers themselves. If we are able to program computers to learn, why can't we teach them how to run our buildings? It would certainly save on labor costs. Building engineers and facilities managers are expensive. A lot has to do with the complicated way that buildings operate and the importance of getting things right. When I decided to tackle the subject, one of the first people I wanted to talk to was Shannon Smith, CEO of Point Guard, 
a facilities management platform. He has long advocated that, while artificial intelligence is powerful, it is only useful when it is combined with human intelligence as well. Here he explains why AI's application in commercial real estate is, and likely will remain, limited. Well, for me, you know, AI is, is learning, letting the data lead. Um, and we, don't, we just don't have the data lakes there available for that. And um, so I think we're going to just, you know, so we're still in the early stages of where AI goes. And, and, and then the other side of that equation is where um, users will want to take AI and what, the, what are the real problems that can be solved, I mean, uh, for AI. And, and, and the issue, again, AI, in my opinion, tends to be uh, better for single-use solutions, but there's so many multiple solutions going on in buildings every day and, and, and different use cases being lived out inside of buildings every day that AI, I think, will have limitations. There will always be um, human a human element of managing buildings that, and a human intelligence piece to it. I mean, I, my perspective is that the inevitability of a 100% AI-operated building is about as inevitable as a paperless bathroom, right? Um, but will, will there be opportunities um, for AI to penetrate and be a big part of the future of the built environment? Absolutely. Um, there will be. And, and it's about getting better at probability assessment to me and, and making um, that probability will have some big applications for certain functions inside of buildings. So. Probability assessment is something that humans, despite our intelligence, are not that great at. If you don't believe me, just consider that the average American spends over $200 a year on lottery tickets even though you have less chance of winning the lottery on most large jackpots than you do being elected president. Probability assessment is something that computers are particularly good at. They can both run the complex mathematical equations to calculate them and act on them without the pesky piece of human intelligence we call emotions getting in the way. With the amount of probabilities that any building manager has to deal with at any given moment, I asked Shannon what he thought would be some of the likely uses for AI's supreme probability assessment abilities. Well, yeah, I think, I think where we see AI going is assessing uh, probability of, of uh, opportunity for improvement or probability of failure and the, the assessment of the, of the best way to fix I think in some places, uh, some of that probabilities will be so high based on AI algorithm or AI learning that those um, fixes will be automatic. So, so you know, whether that's in uh, comfort-related areas, airflow-related areas, particularly in a post-COVID world, there could be some central plant dimensions to that as well. Um, so I do see that kind of kind of ability to self-correct and self-heal self uh, for, for buildings, for sure. But there'll be some breaks, there'll be some boundaries, there'll be uh, interventions. Um, I think uh, the real danger, as there has been in many industries, and particularly the data industry of real estate, has been the uh, false positive 
um, uh, occurrence and, and what that does to confidence and technology. I like talking to Shannon because he always gives it to me straight. He speaks his mind and has a certain Southern pragmatism that makes him stand out in a world of technological idealists. He understands that there are lots of very deep-rooted reasons that the property industry has been slow to adopt tech, and he isn't afraid to say that AI might never be able to enable fully autonomous buildings. The average age of a facility manager is 54 years old, uh, and mostly male. I think that will, will change, and that with that will come a, a tech-oriented workforce, but, but fewer people. So technology will play a role and the people involved will be tech-oriented. That being said, there's a massive labor shortage and there's their issues. Uh, one of the biggest tells on the health of an organization is the ability to adopt technology and, and change management. And many real estate organizations um, are not healthy, or at least based on their abilities to understand and adapt technology rapidly one would assume they're not healthy because many real estate agencies, real estate companies, excuse me, don't adopt technology well and are afraid of change. So, I think that those uh, you know, industry biases, um, organizational structures, and, and incentives will will create barriers as well. No doubt about it. Um, but but again, there are use cases. I mean, ultimately, buildings are people-driven, day-to-day, weather pattern to weather pattern in, in in an environment that is changing every day. And so, AI can create better probabilities and decisioning. But that kind of hands-off um, hands-off usage, like an autonomous vehicle, point to point, is is probably not what's going to happen because. There is only one use case for an autonomous vehicle, point A to point B, but in every given building, there's point A to point B, point D to point X, point C to point R. That makes autonomous buildings quite difficult and AI-based um, applications challenging. Artificial and human intelligence are still quite different. One of the reasons that AI is so often misused is because we don't have a firm grasp on what exactly it is at the moment. As artificial intelligence gets more sophisticated, we will see its definition get closer to our understanding of human intelligence. That is, unless our understanding of human intelligence advances as well. This episode is brought to you in cooperation with Modally. Modally is an HVAC management technology company. They work with multifamily, single-family, and commercial customers all over the country. They have over 2,000 contractors and 1,000 distributor centers nationwide. They're backed by one of the largest HVAC manufacturers in the U.S., and they create one point of contact for all your HVAC needs. If you want to check out more about what they offer, go to modally.com. That's M-O-T-I-L-I.com. When it comes to predicting what software can't do, I always figure that it's best not to bet against it. Remember that even the boldest futurists a few decades ago were not able to predict things like deep fakes, the hyper-realistic fake videos that software is now easily able to manipulate. From the people I talked to, there was a feeling that AI would eventually be able to do almost anything, but not in a foolproof way. The person I talked to who contextualized this best was Srikant Subramanian. 
a systems engineer that works with the energy grid consultant, David Energy. He is the person that building owners bring in when they want to overhaul the energy systems to implement things like real-time energy management and energy efficiency optimization. He uses AI to help him build his systems, but he also thinks that we are a ways off from letting AI design and manage these systems themselves. With regard to, to, make, to decision making, uh, I believe we are uh, a fair bit away, particularly in the energy industry, uh, from being able to use AI to make those decisions uh, on, on operational and capital improvements. Uh, David Energy does use uh, AI in, in its uh, software platforms, uh, but these are, while these are fairly advanced algorithms, they, and they do provide uh, insights on how buildings should be performing uh, and, and what, what takeaways we can get from how a, a specific building is doing. Uh, at this point, it's still not possible to correlate the, uh, the, the exactly correlate the data from, from one building to, to another or one portfolio to another because these portfolios, after all, are managed by people. And there's certain differences in, in how these are managed and it may not always be a one-to-one -one relationship. Um, so, so you can't necessarily say that, okay, building A has been doing this and the, the algorithm says, okay, this is the data and this is how building A has been performing and this is how building B should be. Uh, we can say that in, with certainty for, for certain parameters, but not for all of them. So I think that's really the gap that we need to fill um, with, with regard to AI and I guess inculcating that those variances in, in uh, human operational capabilities are, are what, what the AI system really needs to learn uh, at this stage. Uh, I can't, I can't um, say uh, as, to, as to when that would be possible, but that's definitely uh, a gap that we're missing. So even now, while we do get a lot of information, a lot of insights from AI, uh, we, we still have to rely on uh, the, you know, the human element to be able to make those decisions. Um, and and that, that, that plays a huge role in, in our, our consulting work and the recommendations that we provide to clients. Srikant is an engineer, so he's trained to calculate risk-benefit trade-offs in the most quantifiable way possible. He realizes that the downside risk of artificial intelligence doing something wrong often far outweighs the savings from eliminating the human element. When you're managing buildings of this scale or portfolios of this scale, there's always that, that element of uncertainty, even as a business owner, you know, irrespective of how, how accurate a system may claim to be, uh, you would still want someone uh, at, at, at that crucial juncture being able to manage and, and, and someone who knows your building and has been managing them for, say, 30 years. Um, so so there's, there's always going to be that, that element of uncertainty that causes uh, people to want to choose having the, the, you know, the human element there instead of just a, a, a computer. Um, which is why I said that it's always good for us to be able to have access to the data that the system provides. However, um, we would want to have that, that human perspective, um, you know, that, that, those, that cognitive, cognitive ability to be able to make those decisions and, and verify if what the system is saying is actually correct. The importance of verifying what the system is saying is something that Shrikant has obviously thought about a lot. I asked him what could go wrong. How badly could AI, with all of its ability to recognize patterns and calculate probabilities, 
really screw up. He gave me this anecdote. I guess one of the incidents that comes to mind was the, uh, the purported uh, launch of nuclear missiles uh, that, that was detected by uh, I guess the Soviet um, missile defense system in, uh, in 1985. And uh, typically, it would have required the engineer to, to hit, a, hit a button and launch Soviet missiles back at the U.S., uh, and system detected the missiles were coming from the United States. And uh, it, it, it took the, uh, the restraint of one engineer who, who uh, uh, you know, correctly predicted that these that possibly could not have been a missile launch at the time, and thus preventing, you know, mutually assured nuclear destruction. And uh, he refrained from, from launching the Soviet missiles. So uh, I think it was in the news sometime last year as well, because it was uh, I think it's the 25th anniversary of that incident. Um, so, so that that kind of, I guess, pr- proves the value of you know having an, some oversight there, uh, even if you have you know the most advanced computerized system in the world. Sure, letting AI run our buildings is a bit different than letting them control our weapons of mass destruction, but his point is valid. Here we had a system designed with caution in mind. Launching a nuclear warhead is the last thing anyone wants to see done. So we know that there were countless backups to make sure it didn't happen. But in the end, it was only a human that was able to ward off disaster. How much extra does it cost to have that one person watching over the computer's decision making? Much harder to calculate is the amount that is lost if a building system fails, lives get interrupted, or God forbid, someone gets hurt. As long as there is a non-zero chance of failure, we will likely see human oversight for something as important as running a building for a long time. If you like this podcast, please check out the other two in the series, where I talk about the buzzwords IoT and API by going to propmoto.com forward slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Be safe and build well.